may not have a film fixation, but we're here for a noir education. Beebidi-boo, doot-doodle-doo, deebidi-pow. Welcome to A Real Education Noir. I am Melissa, and we are joined by... Allie. And... Tanya. And it's all three of us. Yay! So today, we are going to be watching The Third Man. So... Now, Tanya, you have seen The Third Man, right? <laughs> yes. I presume that is a big yes. Yes. <laughs> Allie has not seen The Third Man. I have Man. not. And after that reaction, I'm super excited. <laughs> what do you know about The Third Man? Anything? It's a classic. All right. <laughs> about the same thing I knew about Rear Window, which is fuck all. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm I'm super excited about this one. It's It's one of my favorite noirs, and it's one of... The best. The, the best. It's what it's 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 an archetype of the genre. Yes. It is nineteen forty nine, uh, British film uh, directed by Carol Reed, and it stars the wonderful, the enigmatic. Well, not so enigmatic, but uh, it sounded good at the time. Joseph Cotton. Ooh. <laughs> Yay, Joseph Cotton, and a few other people you you may recognize. <laughs> so, um, it it also makes. Uh, use of bombed out Europe, which is yes. yeah, 1949. You've yes, got bombed like, out Europe on location, bombed out Europe. Yeah, with, like crumbling buildings and Ooh. all, and and a lot of commentary. So, um, I suppose we should just probably leave it at that <laughs> and let the movie speak for itself. So, dear listeners, it's on Filmstruck right now and probably uh, easily available on DVD and where wherever else. It's it's a fairly famous movie, so. Go find it, enjoy it, and we will be right back after this musical interlude. So, Allie, what did you think of The Third Man? So, this is a thing I never thought I was going to say in my life, but I really enjoy Orson Welles' face. <laughs> <laughs> like, as I'm, as I'm watching this, I'm just like, his face is so good. <laughs> and his performances are so interesting. Yes, yes. Interesting is a very good word for yeah. it. Uh, I mean, the, like, my formative experience with Welles' is touch of evil Yes. So, like, <laughs> yeah, which is, which is, yeah, we need to show you more Wells. Right. But yeah. I mean, like, when that's your, that's your, your go-to image for this oh. is who Wells is, it's like, oh, I kind of like his whole look in this film. I'm so confused. <laughs> I, need, I need to show you Citizen Kane. Apparently. Yes, I do need to see Citizen Kane. <laughs> okay, I'm an we awful can, person. We can, we can do um, that. We could do that. But yeah, no, uh, I, I, as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, yep, this is enjoyable. It's got a really good good story. There's intrigue going on. And as soon as Orson Welles hits the screen, I'm just like, I'm here for this. Right? <laughs> like, that was my turning point. Was It went from an, oh, this is an enjoyable movie to, I am so fucking here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he doesn't turn up until like an hour. No, no. And you're like waiting for him and waiting I know, for him. And I'm like, he's in the and, credits. And every, every scene, they're talking about oh, his character. Yeah. Everything is about this guy. And it takes so long for him to actually show up. I, I like liked 
that and I, I, you guys figured out that I figured it out pretty quickly <laughs> oh, yeah. because she says the thing about the cat only ever liked Harry and then the cat is suddenly like nuzzling up to somebody's feet I'm like oh it's Harry and <laughs> playing with the yeah with the, the shoelaces and that was really good oh, I it's one of the greatest it's, it's one of those of it's very subtle if you yeah. didn't listen to the line if you just kind of threw it away mm-hmm. like uh-huh. like oh it's a cat who the hell cares you know if you didn't pay attention you'd just be like well what the hell's going on there who the hell is this guy and instead I was just like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I see where this is going <laughs> that's the third man <laughs> And and the thing is, Orson Welles is on screen for like five minutes of this yeah. entire movie, but it's entirely about his character, but, and you are so entranced. Oh yeah, by his the performance. The whole scene on the Ferris wheel. Yeah, yeah. that it's. I it's think brilliant. that's one of my favorite scenes in anything at this uh-huh. point because mm-hmm. that was just because the, so nicely the writing done. Is crisp. Yes. And and it's the point of the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, the morality play yeah. is right there in that yeah. moment of this is why I do what I do. And I still see myself as the good person you were friends with. And this is how I can still see myself that way. You should just join me. Or, by the way, here's this open door right. while we're riding a huge Ferris wheel. And the cubs really wouldn't look for a bullet wound if you right. fell, you drunk writer guy. Right. It, 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 but I like that it's like, this is a threat because I can I can absolutely make this threat to you, but I also don't mean it. I mean, but like, he, he, he would. Does. I mean, he would. He absolutely would. But it's, he doesn't want to. I don't see... And see, I don't is... think... I don't think he wants to. I, I think he wants... He wants it to be his way. He does. So, and he... And his way is... You're my friend. You come in and you help me with right. this. And you this do is the, the way I want, I want it. Yeah. This is my optimal outcome is this. I don't want to throw you out of the Ferris wheel. Oh, I will, though. I will, but this is not what I actually want to do. Until <laughs> I find out that I can't. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, mm. oh, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You mm-hmm. shouldn't have gone to the cops. Yeah. And they God, found just, the other body. Oh, oh, mm. damn! <laughs> now this, you're really now it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then just slam dunking the whole scene with the cuckoo clock. Oh my god! Yes. Five hundred uh, years of democracy, and they got the cuckoo clock. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> that line is so good. Uh, well, and. But even before Orson Welles showed up, the whole cab ride thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that was it. Because the first time I remember watching this, I'd be like, so like, oh, my God, who's going to fucking kill him? Right. Which one is it? Like, because I, I and, and why? Right. Wait, what, did, what did he get too close What's to? It? Yeah. We know he's too close to something. Multiple somethings. Yeah. Which one is it? <laughs> right. It, because for a while, the first time I saw it, I even thought it was the girl. Like, we just hadn't mm. figured out what she did yet. Right. And that's that's a very film noir thing. Oh, is, 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 oh, this girl that seems totally like she's not in on it. Oh, no. She might actually be the mastermind. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. So <laughs> to have her not be... Involved right. in it, really per- beyond the periphery of. I'm aware that it's happening, she but I'm not. Yeah, because yeah. I don't want to know. I also like the fact that she does end up knowing, and she's just she's, that much of a hard ass that she she still, still can... doesn't care. Exactly. Well, but it, it, when you think about all the things that she's probably been through and seen after the war, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. she's just like, yep, this is just life now. This is yeah. how people survive. 
Yeah. And it's terrible, but this is what we do. Ugh. Dear Lord, please don't let me know what that feels like. Yeah, yeah no right. kidding. Right. <sighs> and I'm an atheist. So, <laughs> listeners, do with that what you will. <laughs> but uh, no, it was just, it, it, her take on the whole thing is very powerful, I think. Yeah. It's, it's subtle, though. It's you yeah. Can, you she, can look at her and not do the digging into why she is the way she is, and just go, "Well, she's just a bitch." But if you think about it, it's like, "Oh, but there's she's, reasons." She's like the overarching culture of the, well, the thing. It's it's amazing how subtly you can get into arguments of philosophy and morality mm-hmm. and what choices. Where are your lines? Yeah, with any character in here, because yeah. what did Harry go through to make him? Be hairy the way he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not see the people as people and see them as the little dots. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think that's definitely a coping mechanism that a lot of people had to. Except for. I'm not saying it's a good coping no, no, mechanism. No, no, I'm not saying it's either. <laughs> but I'm, it's just like, it makes me wonder, what did Harry go through? Exactly. Exactly. Like, at some point you. You see so much, you have to detach. And that's what I see in Harry, is he saw too much terrible that he detached, and it made him terrible. Well, and we would like to think that. Well, what like, is, yes. Because there's the other side of, what if that's just, just how who Harry is. is? Yeah, I think he, I, I mean, the way he acts, I think, is a little sociopath. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, he's, he's, you know, even when he's confronting Holly in the in the Ferris wheel, you can see the, the, um... He's manipulating the friendship and he's, oh, yeah. uh, he's very likable and he's, he's, he's very, he, he's got that rhythm and, and the friendliness and all that, but he's got these, just the, the, the master touch of playing yeah. that former relationship. That's, that's true. And, and I, I feel like he was probably always that way. And, and I mean, that's kind of. I, I feel like war profiteering to that point is something that takes a little bit of a sociopath. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. For I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, shades of gray morality is one thing, but that is really yeah. iffy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And But you could also see how successful he is at it. Yeah. That it takes a freaking walk through a baby nursery ward of deformed children yeah or whatever dying children and whatever yeah i know it's bad i just don't know the exact right yeah and and yeah the film doesn't show you anything you just see the reactions of everyone which i honestly think is way better surgeries and whatever else is going on it's not it's not good good. no at all no i i thought that was actually really i was waiting for them to show us something Mm-hmm. And and the fact that they didn't, I thought, was really good because it just allowed you to watch the the play of emotions on Holly's face of yeah. as he's going, okay, one is bad, two is bad, this is getting worse, this does not get better, this does not get better, this is awful. My friend is a terrible person. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's just the the progression of I can't do this, I can't walk away from this, yeah. and that, I thought that was really a, a powerful tool instead of making the audience see it right mm-hmm. we don't need to see it we already know it's bad well yeah and it's he needs to and see it's it. interesting too because when you do a question of like there's there's a thing that film does to us as a 
person. Like when we watch something, we distance ourselves from it mm-hmm. in the same way that they were distanced when they were up in the Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. And so it's like interesting to me to sit here and like look at the different layers of like how meta that can get. Yeah. When we're talking about all this stuff, because what do we do when we look at the TV on a news report and we say, oh, that's awful or that's horrible. Mm-hmm. And yet we're sitting here comfy in our thing. When's the last time I donated to whatever? When's the last time I physically went out and picked somebody off the street and said, hey, what do you need today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think film for me is way more powerful when I'm connecting with the character making that, having that turn, because I already know where I stand on my morality, obviously. I, you know, so I, you can show me these things on film and they'd be ho- horrible and I, I know they're horrible. I can see that they're horrible. I already felt that way. Mm-hmm. It's much more powerful for me when I see the character mm-hmm. make that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's also the Lovecraftian, uh, twist on it the you know the lovecraft principle of you you don't show the monster no yeah you, right because your imagination fills in the blanks a lot better than yes. any yeah. book or movie and it or makes anything. it more yeah. personal to you because it is your monster yeah mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely so it's a very strong choice to never show the children yeah yeah, yeah. i thought that was very very well done well yeah. i think it's it's interesting too because like how how often do we get really tired and forget what we're saying? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I just did. Sorry. Do, 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 do. <laughs> that's a great moment to stop and cough. <laughs> oh, 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 that's what it was like. So he had a personal connection to to Anna. Yeah, but like. It wasn't enough. Like, she didn't let that be enough to actually catch Harry. Mm-hmm. But, like, he did it for his own personal reasons. But, like, when he saw the kids, like, it changed. It was... Yeah. It was, it was different. And I wonder if there's a thing that we do when we watch movies like this where we say, oh, well, they did the right thing, so I don't have to. Hmm. Like, do you ever think that there's, like, a cathartic way that we sort of are, like, oh, well, in this story, it turned out all right. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely some elements of that when you, when you watch film. It's like, okay, this this would would have been really bad, but it turned out okay, so I'm able to rationalize that it's it's fine. Right. Like, whereas if you were actually in that situation in real life, it would not have been fine. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like it's like it's just it's just that panopticon of like yeah seeing because it does the Ferris wheel thing mm-hmm. to us as as humans for people we don't know you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I think that's what I'm stuck on right now thanks movie <laughs> that was really uplifting <laughs> it doesn't it Post doesn't war have Europe. <laughs> yeah it doesn't have the the uh, happiest of of endings Not... although I have to say I loved that ending. Oh, she just yeah. walks right on past him. Oh, doesn't yeah. even look at like, him. Good. Good for you, honey. Like, <laughs> I, not that I'm saying... I mean, he obviously did the right thing, but she doesn't owe him shit for no, that. No, she oh, yeah. does not. She does not owe him a single minute of her time. Nope. Mm-hmm. She is allowed to be angry with him because he knew how she felt about him. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So she is absolutely allowed to be like, yeah, so you did the right thing. Do you want a medal? Because you're not getting it from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so that actually was really satisfying for me that she just yeah. kind of stuck to it. And she's like, nope, I I have nothing for you. You will get nothing from me. And I love how the the movie built that point. Yes. Too. Just hang on that shot for like two minutes. I was and she just feel it walk. too. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I was sitting there watching. I'm like, this shot is actually starting to make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like it's gone on so long and it's just not ending and it's not ending. Do not go to his arms. Please don't do. Yes. Walk past. Walk past. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the end zone. Woohoo. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> yeah because i just i was like god i don't want this to be the ending i do not want her to just like run to his arms and oh because i've been calling you harry this whole time and you're my surrogate love and uh, yeah that the fact that that did not go that way made me very happy realistic yes yes Mm. Mm. crazy a newly cynical world after World War II. Oh, who would have thought? <laughs> British production filmed in Vienna. <laughs> God, oh that setting. Yeah, so good. Oh How my many God! Me- like there's the piles of bricks always astound oh, me. Yeah. Because I think mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, everything was made out of bricks then. It never occurs to me until I watch a movie like this. How what many freaking like? bricks? Yeah. What that looks like when the mm-hmm. building is not structured with a nice little mortar and the, yeah. in the, it just collapses. No, it's itself. just piles of shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So at some point we're going to watch uh, Berlin Express, which is filmed in the aftermath of Dresden. Ooh, yeah. It, it's it's a hell of a little movie, and it's on our list. It's we'll get to it. I mention it like every third episode. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> but, um, well, hell, why don't we do it? We'll do it next. We'll do Berlin Woo! Express next. Bombed out buildings, here we come. Oh, okay. right. Okay. <laughs> Fine. We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it right now. No, 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 no. no we gotta stop. No, no, we we no. gotta keep talking about Third Man. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, when was On the Waterfront? I can't remember. Uh, it was early four, 50s, right? Yeah, 52? 52 yeah because that because that was kind of when brando was starting to kind of revolutionize what acting was on screen because mm. brando was really the one who brought in the overlapping lines and in really 54 54 okay okay so this was 49 and and you started to see a little bit of that with yeah with uh, orson wells and holly in the ferris wheel yeah. and, it, and it feels very strange in a movie like this to have those overlapping lines and they're talking over each other and you can't quite follow what either one is saying but it's very super organic though yeah like, oh that's so satisfying yeah yeah i really it's very, enjoy it. It, it it when you start seeing scenes like that um, in movies of this era, just before you know this this vanguard of acting starts happening, the more realistic t- type of acting, um, it seems almost super out of place when it starts appearing in movies. Like yeah, this. yeah. When you've been just watching all of this very structured, yeah, it's it's very there. There are lines. There's a line here. There's a line here. Mm-hmm. They do not. There's no blending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all very compartmentalized, yeah, and, and, and then you start to see the the blending happen. Is 
it's jarring at yeah, first. a little bit, yeah. But really satisfying. Well, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a different way to watch a movie, too. Yeah. Because yeah. your brain is doing different things because you have to pay attention to more than one person and watch where their mouths are moving and look for more visual clues like you do in an actual relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, uh... And inferring things from lines that you're catching just parts exactly. of. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. makes it a lot easier to gray. Mm-hmm the the dialogue and mm-hmm. so well i thought he said this what if what if that was what he said mm-hmm. yeah yeah especially when you're cutting people off mid-sentence it's like was this gonna be how that sentence ended uh-huh. or is this how that was gonna end and what does that mean yep uh, what are <laughs> what are we really getting at here i have a question yes do you think harry shot himself at the end oh yeah <laughs> i do really yeah mm-hmm. I I always took it to mean like Harry gave Holly permission. Right, that I get to. Yeah, Yeah. go ahead. That's the way I'd rather it it be. I I guess I can see that I'd rather it be you than the cops. Yeah, like yeah, you won't. You will put me out of my misery. You won't make me suffer. You know, so I, I I can see that, but I also could see like no, it's okay. I'll do it myself. Yeah, I'm gonna spare you this. You know, I, I always thought that's an interesting question because if Holly does it. What? How is he any better? Right, and I mean he mm-hmm. has he has that that haunted look of, I've just done this thing, and so I I can see it being yes, I just shot my best friend, or I can I can see it as I just watched right. as my best friend shot himself, because, so like, I didn't have to. How is that better? Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like I let that happen, even right. though like there was no there was no way he was gonna get to him. Before he could shoot himself, no. if that was his plan. But still, right. there is there is that guilt that would yep. that would gnaw at you. Oh yeah, no matter what. So I I like the ambiguity of it because yeah, it, totally. they're both I think equally That's plausible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think either scenario is is actually equally plausible because I could see Harry wanting to go out on his own terms. Yeah, one way or the other. Yeah, it just depends on. What were his terms? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and love- we don't know because Harry is such a. <laughs> I love Sly the metaphor, the shot with his fingers through the green. Oh, God. Yeah, the, the so close to freedom, freedom, but yeah. no. That was beautiful. That yeah. was a really beautiful shot. I loved it. There's well, some... The whole thing in the sewers is... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there are some really beautiful shots in this. Uh, it just The shadow play yes, is a phenomenal. astounding. And nobody walks up through a wall of shadow, like, or... Oh, no, like, it's true. Just, or comes, like... That when he's staying up at the top top yes. and he just walks out and he's got that big black hat on and yeah. he hits his face mm-hmm. under the oh. it, it's either it's either he's making the shadow or he has become the shadow. Either mm. one of those he's only, fantastic. It's only very the shadow yeah. knows. Yeah, only the shadow knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap. Full, full circle. I like it. Sponsored by Blue Coal. <laughs> Uh, is blue coal clean coal? Anyway, I don't. I I don't know. Anymore. Oh no! Anymore. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> oh lord! Wait, we haven't even done trivia yet. No, no we, we haven't. haven't. This is, we haven't. This we have to do trivia on this one. Oh yeah. there's tons, isn't there? There's there's quite a bit. I mean, we've already done a lot of bio, biographical trivia on our our three big people on this movie because uh, we talked about Carol Reed when we did. Uh, Odd Man Out, mm. in, in which we had James Mason playing an Irishman. James Mason. <laughs> and then, of course, we talked about Orson Welles in Touch of Evil. Yeah. And we talked about Joseph Cotton in Shadow of a Doubt. So, 
So we've got got those bases covered, but of course we have Bernard Lee. Yay! <laughs> we have M from James Bond in this movie. <sighs> I was so sad when he died. Yeah, Yeah, he was in eleven Bond movies. Yeah, I I think he started with the first one and I believe so until he died. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Judy Dench came in. Yeah, but yeah. So so that was that was lovely. Actually, there are a bunch of people involved in the James Bond series in this movie, or not in this movie, but working on this movie because. John Glenn, who became a director much later, he was working at Shepperton Studios at the time. And so when they came to dub the film, like um, do Foley work for uh, footsteps and stuff, he was like Joseph Cotton's footsteps. <laughs> but later he went on to direct For Your Eyes Only and View to a Kill and the two Timothy Dalton film uh, Bond films. And then also the assistant director in this movie was Guy Hamilton. Yep. Who did Goldfinger and Diamonds Are Forever and Live and Let Die. That explains some things. So were the Broccoli's just like hanging out on the set? Like, Well, there are only like 12 people in England. <laughs> oh, so if you're hiring in England, you're going to have a lot of cross-pollination. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Carol Reed was a real prestige director at, at the time. And so this was... This was this was a big worthy deal. project. Yeah. Yes. Um, also interesting. This was uh, like a production collaboration between David O. Selznick and uh, Alexander Korda, I think it was. But uh, they were going to do a whole bunch of projects together. But of course, you know, as with all th- all things Selznick, they hated each other by the end of this <laughs> movie. So nothing really. Not surprised. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I say something? Max, Max agrees. agrees. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Saul's Nick was kind of roundly hated by most people, uh, <laughs> as far as I can tell. Also, by this time, uh, Saul's Nick was strung out on speed. <laughs> yeah, that seems to make sense. That that follows. And uh, uh, coincidentally. Carol Reed became strung out in speed while working on this film too because he was working 20 hour days they had three they had three different film crews working one for like night and one for daytime and one for I think evening time Carol Reed was managing all three of them oh my yeah so he was only working on like two to four hours of sleep a night yikes yeah so Dexedrine all around Uh, yeah. Things we are not on. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> Any- no, just, just kidding. <laughs> um, I'll, you may have noticed zither music. Yay! I, I, I did notice a little bit of that. <laughs> just a little bit, like all of it. Like the entire movie is It's so cheerful. It was prominently featured in the credits. Did they, all, did they steal that from Zorba the Greek? No, uh, no. Um, legend has it that I think it was Carol Reed heard Anton Karras, the, the zither player, uh, playing in a, a Viennese bar or something, and... Uh, was going to use some of his music and then just said, why doesn't he score the whole movie? So they flew him out to London. He scored the entire goddamn film. Karis became quite famous after this movie because if you have a name in Zithers, apparently it's this guy. Uh, and uh, he 
he became quite famous, got a lot of money, opened a nightclub called The Third Man, which he managed until the day he died. Aww. Aww. Yay, Zither. He was the third man. Aww. Aww. He was the Zither player. <laughs> so there was a spinoff radio show called The Adventures of Harry Lime, which was like the earlier adventure, like the prequel Adventures of Harry Lime. Oh. Uh, starring Orson Welles. Yay. And Did he talk about peas? <laughs> yeah. I have not listened to all of it, but he possibly does. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, but, all I, I listeners, mm-hmm. all I learned about Orson Welles, I learned from Maurice LaMarche <laughs> and Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> you know, that is a fine source. <laughs> well, it's pretty freaking accurate if you ask me. They do <laughs> a third man episode and it's like spot on. Oh, it's true. It's true. I'm remembering this now and that's kind of blowing my mind. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> if you've seen the uh, Peter Jackson movie Heavenly Creatures, there's a whole sequence where the two girls go see the third man in a movie theater and they fantasize about meeting Harry Lyme and Nice. There's a whole third man sequence in Heavenly Creatures. Nice. Uh, yeah, it, it, well, it's quite a famous movie. But anyway, Zither Music. Uh, <laughs> did I have more to say about Zither Music? Probably not. Oh, the, the radio show, of course, also featured the Zither Music. <laughs> I also was, now I can't remember what song I heard it in, but um, I think Fess was playing one of his albums a couple <laughs> months ago, and in the, it, like, sampled music underneath the the main uh main music and moon that's the third man zither <laughs> i hear it i hear it it's in there somewhere <laughs> so my my favorite use of that was it might be a fratelli's album i can't remember that would not surprise me there um so my favorite use of it in the film was in the the final moments when they're in the sewers and and harry and holly are sharing the exchange and it's playing in the it's the undercurrent yeah but it sounds like it's echoing yeah like it sounds like it's echoing from further in the sewer and i thought that was just frigging amazing yeah. how well they they wove that in there mm-hmm. it was oh, i just so i really enjoyed this film it's so yay! <laughs> yay yay so this is gonna be one of those that I, I go, Dad, have you seen this? We're gonna watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Scorsese also loved the film. When he was in college, he wrote a uh, thesis on it. Oh wow. wow! Like a major thesis on it, and he got a B plus. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the comment on it from the teacher or tutor or something was, "Forget it. It's just a thriller." <gasps> what? <laughs> How do you give Martin Scorsese a B plus on a thesis about the third man? Damn. What is Maybe it's one of those things where it's like, you need to get used to failure. Even when you're really awesome, people are going to tell you you suck. So here, can you handle this? <laughs> and, and Martin Scorsese is like, fuck you, I'm going to go make Mean Streets. Yeah. So, and yeah, then he did. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he did. And, and, and that teacher went, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Oh, you might have noticed that there were a lot of Dutch angles in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just a few. Like most of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the angles. It was a Dutch. little bit like watching Thor. <laughs> <laughs> just tilt the camera. It's fine. Just I tilt love it a lot. Look, they were running up a wall. Yeah, because it was so close to the freaking ground. <laughs> like, could you not find a like a, a flat surface no, to they film just on? Laid it on the thing. It's fine. You know? 
It's fine. There, there are a couple of different anecdotes. They're probably all apocryphal, but or there's one story and they branched off into different legends. But either it was like the film crew or director William Wyler or somebody else. At the end of production, they gifted Carol Reed a spirit level. Put it on your camera. You won't have to worry about this again. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Oh, I want that to be true. <laughs> it worked for this film, though. Oh, it did. It did. For sure. Oh, I love the cinematography in this. Oh, yeah. There is on the Criterion DVD um, this wonderful little, I don't know, maybe five five minute little documentary on the, the restoration of this movie because it was in kind of a real sad shape when they picked it up and cleaned yeah. it up. And they literally just do a shot for shot comparison of this is what this this scene looked like before with all the tears and dirt and all that. And here's what it looked like cleaned up kind of side by side with zither music. <laughs> and the God, the, the black and white photography is just so gorgeous. Yeah, it, this looked really great. Yeah. And I'm a total sucker for Dutch angles. So yeah. I'm not criticizing Dutch angles. <laughs> <at all. laughs> I'm just saying there's a lot of them in this movie. A little bit, yeah. Just a few. Just a the few. The spiral staircase one. Oh, yeah. All the spiral staircases. That was kind of giving me vertigo. It was kind of great. <laughs> oh, it's architecture porn in this movie. Oh, yeah. And and, yeah. and destruction thereof. Yes. Because, you know, you're in Vienna. You should. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, it, even the destruction and the devastation was just beautiful in mm-hmm. its own way. Mm-hmm. You know, like heartbreaking, fucking heartrending, but like gorgeous yeah yeah this story paired with the kind of dissolution of society in a way (laughs) yeah 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 what i really like is you know we're we're seeing this completely uh, devastated uh landscape Mm -hmm. and life goes on yeah which is I love that. There's still kids riding on merry-go-rounds. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, the, how about that little boy who's chasing oh, after Papa, just... Papa! Papa! <laughs> with the ball <laughs> and the kid, get away from me. I just... <sighs> that whole sequence is just like, oh. What the hell? Why is this happening? <laughs> I, I, so, oh, I was bitten by a parrot. Bitten, but that was not a goddamn That's parrot. A that was a cockatiel. <laughs> but uh, uh, one of the things I really loved about this movie is it 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 helped me realize how much of my German I remember. <laughs> yes, yeah, and, and I, I, none of it is subtitled, which I loved. Yes, so much of what we get now is handholding. Yeah, and American audiences won't like it if we don't subtitle it. If they don't know what's being said, they're not going to enjoy it. And it's like. No, just just let me not know what's being said because that's the whole point. I mean, uh, the point of this is we're we're with Holly. Mm-hmm. Holly doesn't understand it, so we're not supposed to understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just listening to the to the conversations that are going on, uh, which are just so wonderfully organic, um, and just being able to catch enough that I'm keeping up with the tone. Mm-hmm. I, I I I can't do direct translations. So like, as I'm going, oh, that's funny or whatever, I'm laughing, and you're going, what did they say? I'm like. I I can give you the gist of it. Like I can't yeah. tell you exactly, but um, I, that I really loved. Was I think just, I've done that to you on a French movie. Yes, a definitely. Times. Yeah. So, French is not my strong suit at all. Um, but yeah, no, just just the be being able to follow along and and having it be 
this is just them speaking German. Yep. It is not actors that we've hired to speak German to give it flavor. This is their having actual conversation that just flows nicely. And I really enjoyed that. There were a lot of locals that were yeah. in this movie. Like, particularly the uh, the, the balloon guy. Like, oh? <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll buy a balloon. But uh, he was a local. And uh, so, yeah, there there was a lot of local flavor in the movie. And they, you know, you also see this in Berlin Express, which you're going to follow up with. But it's, I love the, the, post-World War collision of different languages and cultures that happened. Yes. And in a lot of these movies that were filmed over there immediately after the war, you you get to see movies where they're just, it's it's a little bit of German, a little bit of French, a little bit of Russian. It's all over the place and it's switching back and forth all the time. You see it um, there. um, This wasn't, this was several years prior to this, but um, there's a movie called The Grand Illusion, um, which is also very much uh, just a conglomerate of all these languages. And you're just expected to keep up, which I really like. I love that. Yeah. I love it when you're just thrown into the deep end and it's like, you need to figure out the yeah. tone and carry on and not have not have your hand held by knowing exactly what's being said. Well, and I think, mm-hmm. too, it, it reflects a lot of the time. I mean, yeah. that's mm-hmm. kind of where everybody was. Like, we don't know what the fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and when well, he's it, in the sewer and he hears the different languages yes. coming out of the different tunnels, I'm like, are they doing a Tower of Babel thing? Is this, like, a well, part of that, on... I, I like that he just, he has the, they are all coming for me yeah every last one of them this isn't just the americans or just the brits yeah. or just the russians just the french they are all working together to get me i'm fucked because <laughs> like, he has think, that look i also think there's a sense in that scene it's like i don't know what's coming out of which tunnel yes. either there it's really disorienting there's, there's no safety there is no safety i don't know the sound is bouncing around. I don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Ugh, that whole last sequence is just so good. It's so good. Basically, from the Ferris wheel on, I'm just like, I will just replay that forever. Mm-hmm. I, I do that with certain movies where I'm just like, this is my turning point. Like Black Swan, I do that with all the time. I'm like, ballet to the end. That's the only part of this movie I care about. <laughs> <laughs> all the other stuff is important, but whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I got the setup. Now, now the rubbers have hit the pavement. That's exactly it, and that's that's how the this film for me would be like Ferris wheel on. That's it. Yeah, that's all I would ever need to rewatch. I'll rewatch the whole darn thing. Don't get me wrong, but when I'm like, I just want to like watch a film that I really liked. I'm gonna start from the Ferris wheel. I, I think I would uh, personally, I would start from the cab ride, just because the shock on oh Joseph God. Cotton's face. Yes, when he's like, "Oh shit!" That's right. I have I'm to give a speech. speech. <laughs> yes, I also, and, and and I I like that I couldn't decide if he just is really terrible at speeches, <laughs> speeching, speeches, or speaking, um, or if he was just so blindsided by. I've just realized all this shit is awful. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, I, I couldn't decide which it was. <laughs> Where would you put James Joyce? <laughs> what? Can you repeat that? I'd put that? him in Ireland? I don't know. What? <laughs> I'd put him in a box. What kind of 
question is that even? How would you categorize him? What? (laughs) My inspiration is Grey. (laughs) Of course you don't mean Zane Grey. That's just a little joke. It can't be. (laughs) He wrote primarily Westerns. (gasps) <laughs> oh yeah. What is yeah. this gray? What what gray? What gray? We were we were joking about how you should not just randomly meet yes. people in a hotel and give them a job and right. pay for their hotel for like three days because you is want what them you get. to do a speech. Because yeah. that's what you get. Maybe so, you should do some research. Poor little know. British dude from the propaganda unit. Like he's not very good at his job. Is what pro- I'm going to say. No, because like how is that propaganda? Like right. what what right like. Dude, 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 consult a librarian. <laughs> yes. did, did you see how much Joseph Cotton was drinking? <laughs> I, I, I mean, on rewatch of this film, just watch how many scenes that character is drunk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why he's there. That's why he's there is because he's a drunk. But he, he it, Joseph Cotton plays it so well because he plays yeah. it like. He's actually really sauced. You know, mm-hmm. he's not, it's not over the top drunk, but the kind of, you know, flip this light switch on and off a bit. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it makes sense to him in yeah. his state at the time. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, the getting her the really weird flowers or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and I guess, that lady's got flowers. I, Bitches love flowers. I'm gonna give that bitch some flowers. <laughs> yes. or, yeah. like, or like um, when the cops, the cops even are like, "Thank God for British gin or something." Uh, yeah, yeah. Because they're like, and he disappeared in the street, and yeah. that leads them to the sewer. Yeah, like, which yeah. Is where he went. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's it's really I, I like how he plays it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it is it's almost subtle. Yeah, it's it's not just. I'm gonna talk really loud and slur every word I say so that you know that I drank too much. Yeah. yeah, it's the it's the people who are drunk are desperately trying to look not, not drunk. drunk. <laughs> and Joseph Cotton does that pretty well. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's just like the little things like I think he's okay. Light, 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 light. No, he is not okay. No, no, he is. He is is really not okay. He is pickled. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So you should go watch this movie. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Oh, and I should uh, just drop a couple other things of trivia just before... We close up because I've got a couple of random ones. You know, first of all, Alita Valley, the, the woman. Yes. Uh, the, the woman. Because there's only one in the movie. No. <laughs> the, the, la- the lady friend. Quite famous Italian actress. She went on to be in, you know, like Suspiria. She worked with Visconti and Senso. Uh, she was in Eyes Without a Face, which is an amazing movie. It's an amazing movie. Dear listeners, watch Eyes Without a Face. I was looking through her credits. <gasps> yeah. Very good looking stuff there. Yeah. And also so the killer nun that killer nun <laughs> like i don't yeah. care what that is like, i just want to see it you're right uh. I, I totally don't know what that is but i want it yeah I, that that's a title that sells itself yeah really yeah but uh she was she was an italian actress uh she was working in italy during world war ii eventually she refused to work on the propaganda so she wound up being in hiding during a lot of world war ii but after after that very soon after the war, she was kind of imported over to America to be in Hitchcock's Paradigm Case, which is far from the best Hitchcock. 
It's <laughs> not a very good movie. She was billed in Hollywood only as Valley. Of course. Like Madonna. To make her seem more exotic. And, you know, she did okay in a couple movies, but didn't really catch on. And and so she moved back to Italy only a couple years later and had a long, long career. Oh, yeah. She's in tons of stuff. Lots and lots of movies. Long list of credits. And then this movie was written by Graham Greene, a great British novelist of the time he also wrote the fallen idol which we'll eventually be watching ministry of fear yay which we saw and loved <laughs> uh also brighton rock and our man in havana which i believe was also directed by carol reed um he he was an interesting guy he worked for mi6 during world war ii Ooh. and he worked with the double agent kim philby <laughs> Whoa. What? And he traveled the world and he had all sorts of friends, like from Noel Coward to the president of Paraguay. I, you know, just crazy. A very crazy Ian life. Fleming kind of existence. Very Ian Fleming. You know, yeah, notorious womanizer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of very Ian Fleming just didn't write all the James Bond. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the last random bit of trivia I have is. Um, Orson Welles didn't want to film in the sewers because they're sewers. Right. So uh, he refused to film down there. So Carol Reed had to do like the shot of the hands. Those are the director's hands coming out of the sewer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, also, those sewers are, are quite the thing. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, when they were repelling like, yeah. down, I was like, ooh, oh, I don't want to be, oh, he, he fell in it. Well, it's, those are more like storm sewers, right? So, but but still, but, still, but those sewers there's like, a lot of rats down there still. So I, yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. But I mean, it's diverting one river into another. That's yeah. primarily what they're doing. So it's mostly just storm water, right? But uh, they're quite the uh, feat of engineering. You can go to Vienna and get a tour of them. Ooh. They do uh, daily tours. There's a whole precinct of police that are just for policing the sewers. Nice. I believe it. Criminals go down there. and Well, don't they have that for the catacombs in Paris, too? Oh, yeah. 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 Because... Because people will. Stuff happens down Mm -hmm. there. There, There's there's space, therefore people. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, what else? I think think that's about all I got. So, yeah. Any other uh, final thoughts on the movie? It was good. It was. I love this movie with a passion. Like, yeah. It's it just Orson Welles is so good. So like, good. just so like good. just oh. he's not even in. It's it's like yeah. He makes the whole movie by being in it the least. Yeah. 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 He's very powerful. Yeah. It's it's like a really strong spice. He only used a little bit yeah. of it. <laughs> But just just a dash of Orson Welles. That's a, just what it means. Oh yeah. So so I think we're gonna close this one up. Yeah. And next time, dear listeners, we are doing a movie called Berlin Express because goddammit, we're finally gonna do it. Um if I remember right, it is available through Warner Archive at the moment. Ah. And uh, it is 
quite a thing to watch. It's quite the visual feast and a very interesting movie. So please join us next time for Berlin Express. I have been Melissa and I've been joined by Allie and Tanya. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. It's like the girl from Meep and Nemo, only just for this episode. We hope you enjoy our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a noir education. Thank you for joining us for a real education noir. New episodes arrive on the 7th and 21st of every month. You can find our podcasts and social media feeds on our website at realedunoir.com. Special thanks to Tim Wick, Jeffrey Brown, and Chad Dutton for our theme music. If you like our show, you might also like our parent podcast, A Real Education, which discusses all genres of film. You can find it on the web at realedu.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time. What the fella said. In Italy, for 30 years under the Borgias, they had warfare, terror, murder, and bloodshed, but they produced Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, and the Renaissance. In Switzerland, they had brotherly love. They had 500 years of democracy and peace. And what did that produce? The cuckoo clock. So long, Holly.